This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. It is the Matt Patricia Bowl. I'm here for it. Greg's here for it. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by Athletic Greens, your one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right. And betonline.ag, fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, let's start with Mac Jones. He was out there in practice. He's been limited, but he's showing progress. Could he actually play on Sunday? So, uh, yeah, it was definitely interesting to see Mac out at practice on Wednesday. Um, the last time we saw him was, I think, Friday when he came out to practice, and he basically was behind this net, didn't move at all, was just throwing, not shifting his weight, anything. And then suddenly on Wednesday, he was at practice, and uh, in the session open to the media, he moved around a little bit. He bounced a little bit. He stepped into throws a little bit. Um, it was definitely surprising to see how much how much progress he had made since uh, just you know a few days earlier. Um, I have a hard time seeing him play um, this week. I mean, it's one thing to you know, in, in sort of a warm-up situation, like be able to drop back and, and throw and snap a ball off. Like it's completely different when you're talking about 325-pound defensive ends and 350-pound defensive tackles swarming around you in the pocket and you got to make a quick movement and go to avoid something. Um, you know, unless they want him to play as a complete sitting duck and and really one of the few quarterbacks that I've been able to see do this you know, Dan Marino comes to mind where Marino could just sit there and just fire off the ball. Favre did that. I remember Favre played with a ridiculously swollen, I don't know if it was a severely sprained ankle or broken ankle or what. I remember he did play on that one time. and, and But he has the arm strength where he can just sit back there and just get rid of it in, you know, less than three seconds. I don't think Mac Jones can do that. And so I would be very surprised if he plays on Sunday, which leads into a whole different discussion. Yeah, would you want him to play? I don't want him to play. I don't think it would be smart for him to play. I think you would actually risk him taking another step back if mm-hmm. you have him play, even if you get through the game healthy. Like you said, he doesn't have a hose for an arm. So I would side on the uh, I would err on the side of caution and, and I would make sure that he is as close to being ready as possible before I put him out there on the football field. I don't think there's any reason to rush him back. And yes, I know uh, Brian Hoyer likely out this week. Doesn't look like he has a chance to play, which leads us to, of course, Greg. One Bailey Zappy. Some people have Zappy fever, Greg. Are you feeling the Zappy fever? <laughs> I am not. But before we get to that, I just want to talk a little bit more about Mac Jones on whether he should play, because I think this is a significant point. Um, I don't think that Mac Jones should play until he's a, you know, as healthy as possible. B to the point where he is agile enough to make plays with his feet to run down the field and you know pick up a third and four or something like that. Until he can do that repeatedly, I don't want him on the field, and that could mean another two, three, four weeks. I, I just think. You know, I understand the tough guy quotient. I understand this is football. I understand all that stuff. 
But when you're talking about a young quarterback who's already had some issues this year, um, and I'm not talking about a psyche. I have no, I have no issues with Mac Jones's mental toughness or anything like that. Even if he, you know, even if he does something terrible, like you know, remember the Dallas game? He throws a pick six, and then all of a sudden he comes back and he throws a sixty-yard touchdown pass to, to to answer right back. I have no questions about his mental toughness. It's more physical, like like. You know, when you're a young quarterback and you don't have the greatest of physical skills and you're hampered in some way, it's not just that injury, it's what else can happen. Like, you know, if he's not putting weight on the front foot, like, you know, does he put more pressure on his Achilles when he's throwing? You know, what about his elbow and shoulder and things like that? What if they get into a game with the Lions where they need to throw 50 times can he do that in the shape that he's in and 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 not adversely affect his his health in a variety of different ways how compromised he is in his lower body I just think I just think there's there's a lot going on with that and and I would be extremely cautious just in he's not even you know halfway through his second season and I wouldn't it what's going on with Hoyer what's going on with Zappi none of that would come into the the sort of equation for me i think that he's yep. too valuable there's too much at stake down the line i mean as much as we talk about this game being a must win if they lost if matt comes back fully healthy against the browns and they go on a winning streak i still think there's a lot of things in front of them so i i i just would be very cautious about this i i i think there are too many bad things that can happen if he rushes back I 100% agree. As I said, I don't think he should play. I don't want him to play. And this isn't all about the other quarterbacks. It shouldn't be about the quarterbacks that are in the room with him. It's about him. You're worried about him. You're concerned about him and you don't want to rush him back and put him in a position where he could get hurt even worse than he was hurt the first time around. They dodged a bullet, I think, with the high ankle sprain. It could have been worse. He could be out for the season. Why do you want to test fate again? And I agree as far as extending plays and, and, and being able to make plays on third and short. We've seen him do that early in this season. That is a part of his game. He's not a super athlete. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he is a guy who can move around in the pocket. He is a guy that can get you a first down if, if your receivers are shut down on a third and four, third and five. Mm-hmm. So make sure, as I said, he's as close to right as possible before he's back out there. I don't think there's a reason to throw him back out there if he's not as close to possible as being ready. I don't know if you want to put a number on it, 85%, not, whatever it is, you'll know the eye test. He needs to be ready. Don't throw him out there. All right, now let's get to, I, I, I jumped the gun a little bit because I, I might be feeling a little warm right you, now. Yeah, I, might I think be you're a crazy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Zappy fever, talk about it. Tell, tell me all about Zappy fever, Greg. Yeah, I it's it's unbelievable around here. Like, you know, when you do, listen to sports talk radio and everything, like uh it all started with Jim Murray's dad with this voicemail uh that he left his son on Sunday night saying like, yeah, I want to go with the young kid. I got the fever. Uh I don't want to see Hoyer cuz he craps the bed in the red zone and he said some not nice things about Mac Jones, which I don't disagree I I don't agree with, by the way. I don't think that that Mac Jones is whiny or anything like that. I just think, um, I just think he wants things the way that he wants them and, and, and expected certain things. But anyways, we talked enough about that, but I look, I get it. You know, Zappy is, 
the new flavor. He's something new. Like, you know, you, the alternative is Brian Hoyer. And you're just like, like, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go back to my wife and kids. Like, I want to go play golf. Like, I, I get it. You know, like, it's it's that type of scenario. Like, I don't want to be in the house all day with my kids all weekend. I'd rather play golf. I get it. Um, but look, the kid, the kid is extremely limited. He's six foot. He's his official combine height was six foot and one half inches. He's not even six one. Uh, you know, decent athletic ability. Okay. Arm. I think, I think, you know, his best asset is his mind. I, I think he doesn't get too flustered by things. He reacts quickly to things. He's smart. Um, but you know, I do not think he's he's an NFL starter. At best, he's a good backup, and I think that's sort of why they drafted him. But um, like, I think you know, we talked about the context that should have been put into the game on Sunday night at Lambeau in terms of the Packers and their performance and and their shortcomings against against the run and how that that set up to to help the Patriots in that game. I just would not look at that and think it's some sort of barometer on what Bailey Zappi can do given more reps and things like that. I think I think you're asking for trouble if you want more Zappi at this point. I mean, you're talking about a guy I'm not even I know he def, definitely didn't dress against the Ravens. I'm not sure he's dressed he dressed at all for games before Sunday. Yeah, look, if you're talking about Zappy versus Mac, come on, give me a break. Um, way too many people are dumping on Mac early on this season. Everybody take a deep yep. breath and relax. Uh, yep. If it's Zappy versus Hoyer, you know, people, look, Brian Hoyer is what he is. He's vanilla ice cream, and people want a little bit of sprinkles thrown in. They want their Zappy, and I get it because vanilla ice cream sometimes could be hella boring. So I, I totally understand. People also love the underdog. He's got the great name. He's, you know, he's perfect for memes and, and GIFs on Twitter. So that, that also picks up the fever. All right, let's talk about this game coming up on Sunday. We won't get into the particulars just yet, but big picture, Greg, do you think this game on Sunday is a must win for this football team? I think uh, technically no, but in terms of what it would do to the psyche of the region and the team, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, to drop to one and four, we've seen them go one and three and then turn things around against a soft part of the schedule, just like last year. That's what they did. And uh, I just think that while this Lions team is better than a lot of Lions teams than pe that people remember, um, you know, you're at home. Uh, I don't really care what the circumstances are. The Lions can't stop the run. They're terrible on defense. I, I think that they... I think that the Patriots have to win this game. I mean, two and three compared to one and four. And, you you know, you go to Cleveland the next week, and Cleveland is an extremely talented team, limited at quarterback without Deshaun Watson. But, you know, in terms of talent, I think they're, they're much more talented than the Patriots are overall. Now, whether they can harness that talent or, you know, they have decent coaching, that's another topic. But uh, I think in terms of, I think in terms of their psyche and the region's psyche, I think it's absolutely a must win on Sunday. Yeah, two and three hits a lot different than one and four. And when you're a team like the Patriots, I talked about it earlier in the week in the uh, prior pod, you know, the Patriots are in that middle tier. They're, they're, they're not, I don't think they're, you know, in the bottom of, oh my God, the, this team has no chance, has no shot of winning nine, 10 games. 
I think I had them at nine wins. I think you had them at like eight, whatever it was. They're in that middle tier. And if you want to have nine, 10 wins, you have to win the winnables. We talk about controlling the controllables, win the winnables. And this game is more than winnable on Sunday. You can't let these kinds of opportunities pass by you. Uh, speaking of the tiers, it's interesting, Greg. ESPN and their power rankings have the Patriots ranked 27th. Is that too low for you? Yeah, it's too low. Uh, you know, I think I think that's putting too much into the actual records. And look, I understand if you're in a different city and you're taking a 10,000 view foot view of these Patriots, you're like, they've only beaten the Steelers. And look at the Steelers. They're awful. They've already changed quarterbacks, which is 100% true. And what I try to tell people at the time, like, I mean, that that Steelers team is bad. And uh, the quarterback, though, especially the offense is bad. The defense is pretty good, uh, but the offense is bad. And you look at that and you're like, the Patriots, their only victory is they had to squeak by um, the Steelers. So I understand people saying that. I, you know, I, I just think it's unfair. It's sort of like, you know, I also, I watch the Raiders film every week just to sort of keep tabs on what they're doing. And the Raiders are one and three. But they, you know, they are literally like a player two in each game away from being four and zero. And I think they're a good team. I don't think they're they should be four and zero. They deserve to lose those games because they didn't make the crucial plays in the big spot, like you know, taking down Kyler Murray at one time, like on like twelve consecutive plays. All you have to do is tackle the kid once, and the game's over. And they couldn't do it, so it's their own fault. But uh, you know, I think the Raiders are a good one and three team. I wouldn't say the Patriots are a good one and three team. You know, they got to start stacking success. And, you know, they beat the Steelers. They played the Ravens tough. They certainly played the Packers tough. And that game was there to win. Um, You know, now they need to put it together. And I I think that, you know, 27th, no. I I think I look more, and I'm sure people who listen to this podcast know that I look at football outsiders and their DVOA rankings, which is efficiency, and it compares – it compares every play to the rest of the league in a certain situation, away, home, whatever. And I think it's to me, it's one of the best measures on teams. And they have the Patriots 19th. They have the, the they have the Lions 18th uh, overall. And so I would say that's more in the area. I think Patriots are right around. Uh, they're just below the middle of the pack, but you know, a couple of wins here, and they start looking more efficient. You know, all of a sudden they start climbing to like. 15, which is really, I think, where we had them before the season and where I expect them to be most of the season. Bottom five. Get them on face, ESPN. <laughs> I know what they're doing. They're not a bottom five team. I've seen a lot of teams this year. A lot of teams are, you know, you got a number of teams that, that just stink. Patriots are not a bottom five team. Uh, I mean, I, I would push back and say, if you want to look at the silver linings, let's let's give a little optimism here. They played Miami super tight on the road first game of the year, which they always have a tough time winning in Miami. Played them tight, right? Uh, they obviously, you mentioned they beat Pittsburgh against Baltimore. That's a one possession game with them turning the football over three times, four times uh, in that football game. So, I mean, I, I think you look at that and you say that that could be an anomaly. Lamar Jackson killed them, but they turned the ball over a ton and it was still a one possession game. And then last week, again, you push it into overtime. And you had a chance to win that game in regulation. You had a chance to win that game in overtime with your third string quarterback. So circumstances, context matter. ESPN, uh, as we know, not over, not every single person that works for that company, but uh, 
ESPN, I wouldn't say their strong point is context and and in-depth analysis across the board. Uh, You talked with Christian Barmore before we get into this Lions game on Sunday. Uh, You talked to Barmore about his start. What do you have to say, Greg? Yeah, I was in the locker room yesterday and um, Christian was in there and I just struck up a conversation with him and, and, you know, nothing uh, on the record. I didn't have my recorder out. Not that, you know, he didn't know that he was on the record, but, you know, we just sort of chatted. I just said, you know, hey, you know, how you doing? How you dealing with things so far? And, you know, he uh, I talked I brought up to him about how much more attention he's getting this year. And it sounds like that's been pointed out to him by the coaches. And, you know, he said, you know, look, he takes that as a sign of respect. And, you know, he does realize that he's going to have to make adjustments and be better. I was looking back at his stats from last year and um, his, so he has, I think I have him for six pressures in the, in the, the four games so far, his lowest four game stretch last year was seven and a half. But I will say that, he kind of started slow. You know, he did start slowly last year, and then all of a sudden, the Jets game in Week Six was sort of like his bust out game, and then he was really good until the end of the season. Maybe he's a slow starter, but um, you know, he definitely is getting extra attention. He's not. It doesn't seem like he's overly worried about it. He's still a confident player, and you know, he's looking to turn it around pretty soon. Nice. Yeah, I, I think he needs some help. You know, God Chow not playing great. Um, guy is banged up. He's not playing now. Uh, he, he definitely, they, they need to give him a little bit of help up front and get him matched up every once in a while, one-on-one, and, and, and let him take advantage of some matchups because I, I do think he, along with Judon, are, are the two most talented guys in that front seven. So uh, I, I hope that the other guys kind of step up and, and help him a little bit. And he also, as you said, adjusts and, and he steps up a little bit. Before we get to the Lions game, Greg, let's talk about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for three months and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, even though it's one of those green juices. I know and in a lot of other places you're like, Bleh. no, but this is... This is good. It has a mild tropical taste, a little bit minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my routine, and I'd be lost without it. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and make sure you get what you need. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Tremendous product. Thanks to Athletic Greens for jumping on board with us. And don't forget the code is Bedard, B-E-D-A-R-D. Lions, Patriots, Sunday. Can the Patriots win, Greg? 
Yeah, absolutely. Nick, to me, the, to the number one thing in this, in this game, and it's a reason why I'll, you know, I'll like the Patriots in this game and also the desperation factor is to me, this is a tackling game on both, you know, both sides. Like I think, I think the lions have, uh, have ascended to where they are um, offensively, which is basically, you know, they're the number one scoring team on offense in the league. They're the, they're the last place scoring team on, on, on defense in the league. And I think their offense has gotten there because um, they've played teams that haven't tackled very well. They haven't had a high degree of difficulty so far. Um, They've gotten into some shootouts. Um, I know the Patriots will tackle a lot better in this game. And the other thing is, on defense, they miss a ton of tackles too. I mean, they, they're not overly talented to begin with, but I just don't think the fundamentals are there. I think if you if – you, I watched the whole Hard Knocks series. I don't know if you did, but – you know, what I noticed with them in terms of their coaching is, you know, Aaron Glenn's out there, the defensive coordinator, very smart player. Um, you know, not surprised he's, you know, he's going to be a head coach someday. But, you know, you watch them in practice and he's more preoccupied with talking trash with Deuce Staley when it's like, dude, why don't you just, why don't you just, he, he's, he seems enamored with the big play instead of like, let's do things the right way. And I, I just don't think this, this defense is doing things the right way. They need to go back to basics because if they don't start tackling better and the Patriots have some guys who can make you miss, you know, mainly the guys in the backfield and, you know, also Kendrick Bourne, it'd be nice if this was a big Kendrick Bourne game. Uh, but I think that the, the Patriots are, are clearly the better f- team fundamentally. And I think that's going to sort of be the theme of this game. Hard knocks to me, like encapsulates the Lions. Uh, great for TV. The coaching staff was a lot of fun. And Dan mm-hmm. Campbell's crying in like the third practice of, of camp. Yep. And, you know, Glenn and Staley are going after each other and blah, blah, blah. But a little too emotional for me. Like I can't imagine, uh, you know, a lot of coaches in the league getting so emotional during training camp. Look, having a good cry is fine. It's 2022. That's allowed, certainly. But when you're a football coach and you're crying in front of your football team by like the third practice, you might want to you might want to ratchet it back a little bit. Um, I, I think there are a couple things uh, if Detroit is healthy, because like four or five of their top receivers were out of practice yesterday. If that's the case, then good luck to yeah. them. If they're mm-hmm. healthy, um, if they're healthy, they, they do have a, an explosive offense. If you don't mind the P's and Q's and you, you got Bailey Zappi still third string quarterback. So you look at those kinds of things just to kind of highlight what Greg said um, statistically. So when you look at this offense, they're number one in yards per play, yards per game, yards per carry. They're second in the league in red zone offense. Uh, they are uh, ninth in the league in pass yards per play, just in case you think that all of the offense is running the football and Jared Goff doesn't do much. They're top 10 in pass yards play, uh, per play. But the issues, here are the issues. Their offensive line stinks out loud. They are 27th in the NFL in pass block win rate. They are not good protecting Jared Goff. They are also 19th in run block win rate. So their offensive line is mediocre to terrible, and their defense is atrocious. They're dead last in points per game, as Greg uh, mentioned. They're dead last in third down defense. They're dead last in red zone defense. They're dead last in opposing yards per carry. They're second to last in pass rush uh, win rate. 
So, you know, defensively, they are just a disaster, which me, leads uh, us to pretty soon uh, the game. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to push back on one thing, though. Um, I, I think their yeah. their offensive line has had a rough go with injuries. Like, they're missing Jonah Jackson out there. They've even, they've had Dan Skipper at left guard. I mean, Dan Skipper's not even a right tackle in this league. We all know Dan Skipper. Dan Skipper, he's a journeyman. Um, he could be out there. He's been pressing the service there. They've had some injuries on the interior. But if they're healthy, this offensive line's damn good. Their tackles... Decker at left tackle. I would say he's slightly above average. Penny Sewell at right tackle is one of the best in the league. And Frank Ragnow, who's also dealing with injuries, is one of the best centers in the league. And if they get their guards back, like the worst case scenario for the Patriots is that the the Lions sort of reset here. They get healthy on the offensive line. They say, look, you know, we're going up against the third string quarterback. And as long as we don't turn the ball over and we tackle better on defense and we just keep the plays in front of us on defense and we just run the ball and don't let Jared Goff be Jared Goff and, you know, we play very conservative, then I think the, that's the path to victory for the Lions. And I think they can do that. It's just, will they do that? I doubt that. You know, just to give some of the advanced analytics on the, on the Lions, they're, they're seventh in offensive DVOA. Their pass offense is 12th. Their rush offense is fourth. Defensively, uh, they are they are dead last in just about everything. They are 32nd overall. Their pass defense is 24th. Their run defense is 32nd and like by a lot. Not a little bit in terms of advanced analytics like a lot. So this is this is almost setting up as a perfect Bailey Zappy game which is only going to only going to give people more fever and we're going to have to talk about this again for another week. I got a fever. I got a fever <laughs> for the Zappy. Um, yeah, I mean look, defensively they're just again they're they're terrible. They're they're awful. Geno Smith played great against this defense last week. I think that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, the offensive line, yes, they they have the potential to be good to really good. Yeah. As you mentioned, it's just, you know, I'm giving you what they've been, um, and, and Greg gave you the context a little bit. So I gave you the ESPN version of the offensive line, and Greg dug in a little bit there. Uh, but, you know, if, if those guys come back healthy, if they're ready to play, you know, I mean, it's not always easy to parachute in. But what they've dealt with early on in the season, the offensive line has not been good. Sewell is a beast. A lot of people thought Cincinnati should have drafted him instead of Jamar Chase. Um, you know, he was great at Oregon. So he's, there's no doubt he's really, really good. And Ragnow is also uh, physically kind of just <laughs> imposing and will smash people in the face. So the O-line uh, could be good, uh, potentially, but uh, so far they haven't due to injuries and some other issues. All right, before we get to the uh, game pick, let's tell the people about uh, our friends who have been with us almost from the beginning here, betonline.ag. Yep. Football's back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. Bet MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to Bet Online to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our pro- promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet Online, 
where the game starts. Been watching the Celtics. Pretty excited about how Malcolm Brogdon is fitting right in quickly. Oh, boy. Pretty excited about that. Um, all right, let's get to the game pick. Greg wants us to mention. Yep. Pump the tires a little bit here. Let's pump our tires a little bit. Pump, pump, pump. I got a fever. <laughs> we're 4-0 this season. We're 4-0 straight up, and we're 4-0 against the spread. So take that. Uh, this week, Patriots are giving three to the Lions. I want to go first because it always seems like I'm bandwagon jumping. Go ahead. Copy says. So I'm going to go first. Uh, look, this is this is a dangerous. This is a somewhat dangerous game to bet, and the reason is because you have a third string quarterback on one side, and you've got Jared Goff on the other. And I'm not really sure, like Greg just said, the best way for Detroit to win this game. I have no idea what to expect from them. I don't think they're a very well coached team. So uh, there's a number of different ways this game could go, but you're going to make a pick. I'm taking the Pats minus three. And I would say kind of just under the 45. And I mean, just under, I got it 27, 17 golf turns the football over once or twice. Pats win by 10. They move to two and three. What say you, Greg? Uh, very similar lines. I mean, I, I'm going to dive in. I, I, I'm going to dive in a little bit more um, to Lions film after we're done here. So, you know, my, Ultimate pick will be on BSJ like it, it like it always is um, for Sunday uh, in terms of, you know, when I dial it down to what I think the score is going to be. But um, I do think that this is desperation mode for the Patriots. Um, you know, God forbid they they after, you know, that huge moral victory against the Packers, which I heard more conversation about today with Beetle and Zoe and Burt Breer was on. Um, they better win this game. That's all I have to say. Uh, you know, since they since they learned so much and gained so much from a close loss to the Packers, um, they should they should blow this team out. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that they're all that good, and the quarterback position is not helping things. I doubt that Brian Hoyer is able to start this week, and the whole Tua where we are with Tua. So, um, but I do like the Patriots. I think that their defense is much better. I do think that they'll get a couple turnovers. I think they'll tackle really well. I think that the Lions are atrocious on defense, and that won't get any better this week. Um, I see Patriots 24, Lions 20. So right under. Did we both have the same thing? Both under? We had both under with 44. Instead of the over-under is a 45, by the way. And we both have yep. it at 44 points. So – Ipso facto, don't feel too confident betting that over under, folks. All right, let's get yeah. to the uh, BSJ member question today, Greg. What do you got for me? So, VA Ronnie wrote in, um, and this is something we didn't bring up, so it'll good to be good to talk about. Um, Ta- Taekwon Thornton would be a nice ad at some point. I just want to see him play. Nice to get Lawrence Guy back. But wasn't Godshow supposed to be the answer on run defense? They paid him, so he should be better, right? Great questions. Uh, so, Taekwon Thornton. Apparently, I didn't see the transaction. He was at practice, but I don't know if it's official. I missed it last night, whether he was on the NFL transactions that they started his, that he was activated, started his 21-day window to practice. Um, So at least he was at practice, so we know that he's close to coming back and starting that clock. Uh, I doubt that he would be back this week. Um, They're probably just trying to get him into shape, and that could be a couple-week process. Could be a week. I don't know. Um, yeah, it would be, it would be really nice to have him back just to, he needs to get, he's a young player. He needs to play. He needs to get practice reps, you know, all that stuff. He, that's invaluable as far as, 
you know, learning. And I think that, um, you know, he could, he can help this offense. Uh, what role we'll have to see, you know, because there are guys who are having a tough time getting playing time. Kendrick Bourne, guys having a tough time getting targets, Hunter Henry. And then you add somebody else into the mix that maybe the coaching staff is a little bit more invested in because they picked this guy in the draft. Um, it should make for a more interesting dynamic, but yeah, he should be back. Godshow, we sort of talked about in Tuesday's pod, but yeah, I thought he played like garbage in the first half. Um, and, you know, I'm sorry, but I'll continue to push back on Bill Belichick saying he's one of the best defensive linemen in the league. It's just, it's just flat out not true. Can he play like that when he wants to play? Like in the second half and overtime against the Packers, did he play like that? Yes. Did he play like that against Buffalo in the win game? Yes. But he doesn't do it on a day. He doesn't even do it consistently in a game, let alone consecutive games. So, you know, that's a bunch of crap. And the Patriots' poorest run defense is part of that. And, you know, it does not look like money well spent. And a lot of people were sort of chuckling when Bill extended Devon Godchow. And that was really more to gain cap space than anything else than to actually reward him. But, you know, he's... He's a middle-of-the-road interior defensive lineman, you know, getting paid a really nice salary. God Chow, we talked about it last pod. God Chow and Jake Bailey, two extensions that were head-scratchers. Both of them still remain head-scratchers. Maybe Belichick gets the last laugh as the year goes on, but it didn't make much sense when it happened aside from creating cap space, as Greg said. Um, and here we are, both guys looking like the guys they were last year. Bailey has stunk, and God Chow's been inconsistent. So, there you have it. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Uh, I will be off for the uh, podcast next week for the first podcast, the, the reaction to the Lions. I will be back later on in the week to preview uh, the next game. So uh, hopefully everybody you're, you're, is good and well and healthy. You're going to be out with zappy fever already. I can, you're already calling in with zappy fever. <laughs> <laughs> zappy fever at about a 102. If he wins on Sunday, it might be 105. Uh, anyway, so everybody enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks to Athletic Greens. Thanks to betonline.ag. Uh, until then, be good, be safe, and be healthy.